0: We are in the last week of our series of messages here at uh, BLC uh, that w- uh, we have called the texts of terror question mark, which is our uh, hol- joking text of terror. So spooky because it was October and October is the month of Halloween, right? So funny. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, our, <laughs> our series has sort of acknowledged that the Bible is everywhere in American culture and it can be terrorizing. It can be used as a source of terror, texts of terror, or the Bible can be used, and often is, in beautiful, life-giving ways, and we all, no matter how much we personally engage the Bible or not, we all, just by nature of being a part of this culture, have the ability to shape where uses, applications of the Bible goes. Does it go toward more terrorizing applications or does it go toward more beautiful, life-giving applications? Uh, So to close our series, uh, today, we wanted to add another voice from our community who we thought would be helpful. Last month, you may remember uh, that I joined uh, remotely for one of our discussions uh, in this series because I was on the way home from a theology conference in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and one of the joys of that experience was attending with my friend and conversation partner for this morning, Brad Fruhoff. Let me invite Brad up, and let's give Brad a hand as he does. Hey Brad, glad you're coming up here. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Brad is someone who has spent. Uh, we're kind of close to each other. Do you? I mean, I know. this is sort of like when we were driving fourteen hours to North Carolina. There was Carolina. like an armrest. There was an armrest in between. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. I'm going to move over just so you can feel more comfortable. All right. We we got really good at talking for really long periods of time. So this is actually going to be fourteen hours, just like our drive. Is that cool, everybody? Yeah. You guys, we'll just, ready for that? We're just, just going to. insight. We're going to reenact driving to North Carolina together. Uh, <laughs> Brad is someone who has spent a lot of time in the academic world uh, with a background in philosophy, and who uh, I found to be one of the finest theological minds in our church. And so that's why I really wanted him to be up here to help us with a series. All right,
1: that's not what you told me I was here for. Uh, well,
0: yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to your, your interest in um, uh, TV series later and podcasts. Yeah. So we also, we also talked a lot about that. Uh, <laughs> Brad, you'll find, is often dropping knowledge in our Discord chats. Dropping knowledge, I mean straight knowledge. When you see something from Brad F. in Discord, chances are it's gonna be good. Uh, and I discovered also, uh, as we went and attended this conference together, that he is really good at helpful socializing tricks for introverts uh, to feel less awkward at parties or bar settings. So introverts of BLC, you know, yeah. talk to this, but not all at once, because introversion, right? Comment on the shirt, ask about the shirt, that's my. Ask, that was such a good one. Yeah, a freebie. Was, you see somebody who has like, text on their shirt, ask about their shirt. Hey, what's on your shirt? He did that like three times. It was amazing to see him in action. Um, Anyway, so, several weeks ago, during this series, Text of tear. Uh, one of the most enduring questions about the Bible came up in our discussion. It's one that was reflected in our survey that we did. Of, we were saying, hey, what are, the, what are the texts from the Bible that have been used to terrorize you or you've seen terrorize others? Uh, that question that came up was, uh, what's up with all the violence in the Bible? <laughs> um, Brad, you, uh, several weeks ago, when, when this came up, you dropped a comment in Discord during that discussion that I want to begin today with. Um, and ask you to say more about. I'll put it up on the screen here for us because it was such a good one. Um, you wrote that uh, all A&E, or ancient Near East folks, so that would be like people in the Mediterranean world, right? Where, where Jesus was and where the a- ancient Hebrews were. All ancient Near East folks knew were tribal warlord deities. So they kept trying to fashion Yahweh, the God of the Bible, that way. And yet, a Christ-like God keeps breaking through. And I just thought this was, this, this was packed with meaning. So I would love for you to begin by just kind of unpacking that a little bit more. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of insight there.
1: Yeah, uh, this is really uh, bringing together a couple uh, people I've been reading on my own journey sort of out of, I used to teach at a Christian university. We were very into like, they were one of the, um, their seminary professors were part of the people who wrote the Chicago Statement on inerrancy. Uh, so that was like a big deal for them. And so my journey that brought um, me up here at Brown Line is in part unpacking like what I really, how, what I really think about what the Bible is and mm-hmm. how do we read it, um, and including getting at those questions of how do we deal with the stuff that seems hard to attribute to God if we really think God looks like Jesus or Jesus looks like God? So yeah, the idea with, um, from these different thinkers is basically. The Bible's a human book. Um, Pete Enns has been mentioned a few times up here, and he says, you know, God's children write the story. That's what mm-hmm. the Bible is. And his argument is that if Jesus is fully God and fully human, the Bible is also fully human. Um, and that seems to be a design feature, not a bug. And so he says, you know, we read the Bible we have, not the one we want. And or wish we had, let's say. Yeah. And what we see is that we have human, the human features are part of the story. So what we have is human beings trying to make sense of this, these experiences they're having with God. And in their context, their God is a warrior deity, like gods live on mountains and in rivers, and they fight for you. And so we see that all over the Old Testament. Uh, we probably have similar versions today, like I mean, we do, we, I mean, God fights, we, we still do that. We, we absolutely certain, do. Yeah. Certain, God you know, fights for us, God is yeah. on our side. God so, bless
0: America, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: The the re- interesting insight, in, insight from another theologian, though, is that we also see these counter-narratives in the scriptures of things that look more like Jesus, that don't look like local warrior deities, um, that are, you know, all these, especially all, all the moments when it's, when the Bible's interested in sticking up for the weak, mm-hmm. uh, the widow mm-hmm. and the orphan and the, and, and the stranger in your midst. Or um, as I think it was Erica yep. um, uh, who led us through thinking through the Hagar story. Yes. The fact that that exists in the Bible at all is kind of interesting. If you look at other Near Eastern, ancient Near Eastern stories, a lot of those are, if you're familiar with Greek mythology, it's more my familiarity.
0: Like a lot Zeus, of the, Poseidon, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: those stories in the ancient Akkadian and Sumerian and, and Mes- all that Mesopotamian stuff, Babylonian. It's all gods fighting each other, and it's and it's, it's you know the kings are important. Um, human normal human beings generally want to stay out of the way of the gods because yeah, the gods
0: they're like pawns on your chessboard. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah.
1: they're going to turn you into a tree or a pig <laughs> or something. Yeah. So, but in the Bible, we actually have this god who like does nice things for people and yeah. like, shows up and takes care of people. Um, or he, I, I was thinking of Elijah, like he could like, he, Elijah expects him in that when he goes up to the mountain to, to find God, he expects uh, God to come in a thunderstorm or uh, there's like a- A great wind. Yeah, right? like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like a tornado or something, imagine. Uh, and then, but where he, where he is is this still small voice. Mm. Like just a still small voice is not the God who you want on the battlefield. If that's like your your mindset, right? Um, so that's that's really what I was. That's been an interesting way to think about it for me. Is like, how do we what, if we think about this as people trying their best, just like we are, to understand who God is and using the, the language they have. Yeah. Which begins with this warrior deity stuff, but then every once in a while they're like, oh, and there was this other thing. That that was part of this experience, and I'm just gonna put it in here and I don't maybe I don't exactly understand what and it I, means.
0: <laughs> and your and your your insight that, that is a feature, not a bug, is a really interesting insight. So like oftentimes I think we see those things that feel that feel like, oh my gosh, like we are so not a people who are who have tribal warlord deities. We have our own versions of blame shifting, like we were singing about today, and and certainly We have our own versions of, like, taking God's name in vain, right? Um, But we see that in the Bible, and we think, why don't we just, like, I don't know, like, Cross that stuff out, and what you're suggesting is it's actually really powerful to see these human elements, these people who were just trying to do their best with what they knew, because that's the world that they swim in. And and I, I appreciate my 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 remembrance of like high school history class of learning about the Greek mythology and like yeah they were like, they were petty and they were like the the human they used humans to like get their own means met you know and that sort of thing. And uh, and so putting it against that backdrop allows us to see that every once in a while. Oh, peeking through is something really different. or I think of um, one of the one of the passages that came up in our survey um, about texts of terror is this the the entire book of Joshua in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which is it, we read it today, and it is a story of genocide. It is terribly problematic and difficult. and what what what's even made even more problematic is that for many years, perhaps you grew up in a more evangelical setting. the book of Joshua is sort of like, like passed on to kids because it's like exciting it's funny, or yeah. something, and and that just feels like wait what? Like th- this is this is an R-rated story. This is this is re- this is this is intense stuff. What do we do with that? And 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 in, within the book of Joshua, this horribly problematic story, there's this one moment where an angel of the Lord shows up uh, in this battle, and and uh, and and the supposed heroes Israel asks like whose side are you on? And the angel of the Lord, supposedly this messenger from God, says. Neither side, and that's one of those moments where I mm-hmm. think, oh, maybe, maybe peeking through, and we almost needed the the wildness and the, and the and the uncomfortableness of the rest of the story to see that 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 little thing peek through.
1: Yeah, when that's or I think of the uh, book of Jonah we were talking about. Um, yeah, Jonah is also one of those you tell kids mm-hmm. is like an interesting, exciting story because um, and it's it's one of those weird stories in the Bible here and that. Uh, especially for the modern sort of scientific mind, you're like, what do I do with this? Uh, And there's very interesting ways to read the fish actually as a a salvific uh, tool (laughs) rather than a punishment. Um, But the the part that's more interesting to me in this context is what happens when he actually goes to Nineveh like he's told to. So in the story, if you're not familiar, um, the reason he gets swallowed by the fish is because he was trying to not go to Nineveh. He didn't want Nineveh to repent uh, as God told him to to prophesy, he wanted God to like destroy Nineveh because he was because he, he, of all the horrible things they had done to his people.
0: Nineveh is like a city of the empire, yeah. and Jonah is this small person in this conquered land. So
1: yes. Yeah. So he ends up going to Nineveh because he got the message with the fish, and then uh, and he prophesies and he says, "Repent!" and they do. And he goes and sits on a hill to watch what happens, and he's and he's hoping that God will just be like, it's not enough, and he's going to destroy everybody. <laughs> I'll destroy them anyway. Yeah. And and they don't. And he and he sits on the hill and pouts, and this uh, overnight this grapevine grows up over the little harbor thing he's he's pouting in and uh, gives him shade, and he's he's pouting now in, in relative comfort, and um, and then the and then the grapevine die, withers and dies. And then he pouts even more, and he's like, "Why? Why do? You, why does this suck so much, God?" <laughs> and God goes, "I believe
0: that's a direct quote from the <laughs> yeah. NRSV. Why does this, right. suck, so why much, does this
1: suck so much, God?" Yeah, um, you do. little almost more like God, "You're doing it wrong." Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, he's and he we could take him as like reading the Bible he wants, not the one he actually has, and, and if you want to look at it that way, like you're supposed to do this, and you didn't do it, and God says, in this story that's from this context, uh, you you were upset over this plant that you had that died. Like, how much more upset should I be over people Mm. who die? Mm. Something like that, Mm. uh, in Mm. effect. And that's a very interesting moment. Again, if he's supposed to be the local, he's their God fighting for them, why is he protecting and having mercy on this other people? Why is he even claiming them as his people? Yeah, Yeah. so you, you get those interesting moments, and it's, what was I gonna say? It's, oh, if we try to get rid of that context yes. and throw out the things that we don't like. I mean, we, it's, I, we, Haley said it's more about emphasis than throwing out, right? Mm-hmm. That's a better approach. Mm-hmm. But Because if we throw things out, we're doing exactly what, the, what I call the loud Christians do, is they pick the things they like and they ignore the things they don't like. <laughs> um, and they're reading the Bible they want, not the one they have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If we keep everything and some wrestle with everything that's in there, it, will, it means we're not just crafting God and the Bible and history in our own image. We are working against something that you know struggles back against us. Mm.
0: And what I hear you saying when you encourage keeping um, the Bible that we have rather than the one we want, quote-unquote, uh, I don't hear you saying that that means that we have to take every expression of what God is about or who God is that is, that is written in the Bible and apply no. that to today. I hear you saying that we need to take that and see that as the context that these human authors were trying to make sense of things. And then it does, that doesn't by any means mean that we have to take it and, and apply it like wholesale to today. We have to do our own tinkering and interpreting based on our context, which is so different.
1: Right. Well, and I think we were. I was suggesting um, when we were thinking about this, we use words like uh, inerrancy or biblical worldview mm-hmm. or biblical we, we Christianity. We talked about those a few weeks ago. Can you can yeah. you go
0: back into that and do that a little bit more? What, oh, so in, what is inerrancy, yeah, inerrancy, why, inerrancy? Why do we not promote it?
1: Inerrancy is the idea that the Bible is uh, true in all that it affirms, um, and worldview is kind of built around that as the idea of like here's worldview is a is a, is a Blanket term. I think you think of it as the enlightenment version of myth. It's, your, it's the way you answer all the big questions. Okay. Like, why are we here? What are, what are humans for? What's good? What's bad? Why is everything screwed up? How do we fix it?
0: You're going philosophical on yeah, this Those Yeah, those are worldview questions. Worldview questions, okay.
1: Um, now, what happens when you get into this inerrancy mode and what, then the loud Christian mode is we've developed this layer of interpretation that we now call truth over top of Scripture that is not actually reading the Scripture we have. It's just, it's, 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 it's made a inter- series of interpretive choices, answered those questions a specific way, and then said, this is the only way to answer those questions. Mm. And then that's why they get loud about it, because then it's like, if you're not answering the questions the same way, you're just wrong. Mm. So we have to like figure out, like either we have to prove you wrong or we have to shut you up. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So when we read the Bible we have it always works against us because we always come with our own desires. (laughs) We always have our own uh, things we're looking for from anything we read and encounter. But it's just like with another person where there's growth through the interaction as opposed to requiring that thing to be what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and, um, kind of to get to, um, if you will, our our thesis for today's uh, message... Uh, is this idea of embracing that um, if if we 're talking about that worldview, how we answer all the big questions in life we are we are allowing ourselves to and like getting in into the the truth that is unavoidable that of course, the people who authored these texts that make up the Bible they had a worldview too, mm-hmm. and they weren 't just dictating you know. What God said to them perfectly for all time—that would stand like that. That is kind of like an American subs- obsession that there would be like a text that we can yep. go back to forever and ever. I mean, we we do that with the Constitution in America. We do that with the Bible in America, mm-hmm. and that is not what we have actually in the text of the Bible. We have authors who had a worldview at different points in time, trying to make sense of. Life and you know, like you said, they, these people had were like what was all around them was warlords and, and gods that backed those warlords, mm-hmm. and so it should come as no surprise when we engage a lot of violent stuff. But it should come as a great wonder and awe-inspiring surprise when we see those little glimpses of something more like Jesus break through. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's. I mean, it's of course. Attractive to have some kind of certainty like the yeah, yeah those the, if it
0: was perfect and we didn't need to like interpret it or yeah, change it or
1: something Right, yeah. right And so that, I mean that's I think the some of those churches that are kind of say like Here's what you need to know and here's what you need to do. They it's simple right and, and like mm. and part one of the things I do is uh, for my for work is uh, Marketing and like simplifying is like such everybody a big part wants it. it
0: to be really concise. So I'm in with a
1: plan. Yeah given three steps You're right um, the moral life doesn't have three steps
0: so you don't have you don't have simple simple like this is how we do it for all of us today you you what oh, oh, what you're saying no. is the I, I love what you just said I, I, the moral life requires something that has more engagement and more honesty and more vulnerability, right? Of just being like, yeah. I do not know what to do in this situation. There is no glossary. The Bible doesn't give me basic instructions before leaving <laughs> right. Earth, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, and it's but it's the um, there's no simple, straightforward set of you know instructions. I think, uh, and what that means is, and again, I think that's a a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. We're finite creatures. That seems to be the design. Uh, and if we look at it as like that's what, like how we are, what we're, who we are, how we're made, uh, then maybe we don't need to have absolute, certain knowledge. Mm. If we can't, if we can't because of our finitude, because we're limited as 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 human creatures, um, we could see that as a problem to be overcome. But that we know at least in, in the consequences of people who are trying to do that are what drove a lot of us to a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, but if it's, if it's a feature, then we say like, well, okay, then we, we could see it as I'm on my own trying to work this stuff out. And oh my gosh, that's a, how am I supposed to have cosmic, make sense of the cosmos on my, on my own? But that's actually not what we're told. What we're told is like we have a whole community. We're, we're, we're here with each other. We can do this in conversation. Yes,
0: yes. When, when, when we were preparing, you, you had a lot of thoughts on community and how that is baked into this, like, this difficulty of like, Okay, so if the Bible is not straightforward, and, uh, and uh, first off, the gift of that is that I can see these problematic passages, these passages that have been used to terrorize people, maybe that have terrorized me or terrorized somebody I love, and I don't have to just like wholesale take them and apply them to my life and figure out how it works. That's great, that, that's a blessing. But the trade-off with that is so you've got a lot of work to do. The moral life is not easy. Yeah. There are no simple three-step programs to being a good person or to experiencing God or to getting out of the rat race of American you know, hell. Like, if there's no simple thing, and what you wanted to, what, I think what you wanted to drive at is, but you're not left up to yourself and you're not right. left up to your own devices because of this community piece. So say more about the community piece and why that's so important here. I think,
1: I think community is how we already do interpretation and worldview. Like we're, all re- we're, we're already part of communi- interpretive communities, by in that I mean like um, any group you're in, there's sort of a set of rules and assumptions that you eventually learn and uh, values that are part of that community, right? And those are basically like these communities have made these interpretive, interpretation I'm using broadly to mean like anything where you have to make a judgment call. Okay, okay, right? okay. Um, so it's not just reading a book, it's, it's, it's the moral life. We have to interpret our experience of what is, what do I know, how do I deal with it.
0: My kid is having a meltdown at the grocery store, what do I do? Yeah. I have to interpret.
1: And you're going to yeah. bring in some values, you're going to bring in some assumptions, and uh-huh. principles, and you're going to do, your, do the best you can. Okay. So we're already always doing that in all the social groups we're moving in. Uh, the... I think something like a faith community, what we're doing is trying to be more intentional about doing it together. Yeah. And, and more, hopefully, like in a place like this, I think we're foregrounding more of the questions and assumptions and, and questioning some of the old assumptions that maybe we grew up with or were given. And uh, I know certainly in the last year or so, it seems like that's been a lot of what's happening up here is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's rethink, let's, what do we mean by these words? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's, it, that's the work that's been happening up here is interpretation reestablishing like let's kind of reframe the worldview, let's rethink what it was, what does it mean to be in this community? what do we mean by these terms um, and And different communities are going to be more or less rigid or flexible, and so this whole like bounded set centered set mm-hmm, mm-hmm. model is mm-hmm. an attempt to kind of say like let's let's allow for some flexibility right mm-hmm. uh, but that that I think is a way knowing that this is happening anyhow, it means we can come together and say like, okay, let's, let's lean on each other. Let's do this together. Mm. Let's turn to each other and say like, how, what, what do we do with this? Like, yeah. Here's how I always thought about this. Like, what do you think about this?
0: So, so baked into this approach, even though there's the anxiety of there aren't clear answers and everything, every choice, every, um, every kind of value that we're trying to uphold as somebody who's trying to you know like look to higher values, look to Jesus as a guide, the The anxiety of that is that it's not clear and certain, and we have to do lots sure. of work to figure it out. But the 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 amazing part of that is that we are we actually it baked into it is 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 a uh, you have to interact with other people. There's a connection involved with it. There is. Um, we don 't have a community that 's highly rigid, like you were saying like uh, because if if we all have to be figuring that out together, boy, we better make sure that this community talks about these things and isn 't like looking over their shoulders and wondering, does everybody have this figured out except me um, and that, that i mean that 's really attractive to me obviously yeah. that's that 's the kind of community I want brownline to be and, uh, and and so we sort of have to we have to we have to take um, for, for those of us maybe who, who uh, we, we've talked about how there's different types of people um, as they interact with the series that we've been doing, talking about the Bible so much. Uh, some of us, maybe like we never pick up the Bible and we don't ever think to pick up the Bible. That's not really something that was, that was ingrained in us as kids. But if you're somebody who came from something like a more evangelical space, I mean, it is like in your bloodstream that you need to be looking at the Bible every single day. And what do you do with that when you you know are looking at it and it feels like a text of terror sometimes? Um, what what is what is attractive to this uh, to what you're painting uh, here is that those of us who come at that from different angles can Come to the table together and not worry uh, that when they say something, when they ask a question or when they offer an interpretation, that somebody else will look at them and be like, "You are wrong or you you why are you even here because you don't know enough or something like that right, there's, there's yeah. much more there's much more room at the table in this approach
1: well yeah, and i think it's it takes seriously the idea. Or like in in Genesis, that we're all made in the image of God. That, yeah, that we like or, we're
0: thinking the best of each other yeah. in this world. And yeah, and it's yeah. and think
1: and a good refer. You know, the conference we went to talked a lot about um, the idea that God is inviting us to participate in in the work of love He wants to do in the world.
0: God is inviting us to participate in the work of love He wants to do in the world. I love that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that and the idea that each of us has the power to do that. Like yes, we're all empowered to do that. We're all. Uh, charged in one sense but it's because we can I think. Yes. so we all have something to offer and that gets into even thinking like when you get into the perspective kind of thinking of um, a lot of this, so a lot, a lot of this thinking gets us out of a what has been criticized I think rightly as like a kind of white European way mm-hmm. of thinking which mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. we need to know the absolute conceptual truth and recognizing that that's a perspective like it's a some information but there's also black perspectives womanist perspectives feminist yes. perspectives yes. Um, and when you start when you say like everybody has something to offer then suddenly those perspectives become a lot more useful, <laughs> and, and in fact, again, we grow by interacting with those.
0: Yes, yeah, I remember uh, Grace G Sun Kim, one of the speakers, um, she is an A- Asian American theologian, and, uh, and she uh, shared this like really simple turn of phrase that I think really captured what you're saying. It was, uh, theology is biography, and biography is theology. And I thought that that was really powerful, this idea that, so when any time anybody is doing theology, that is like trying to interpret things about God they are telling their own story. And anytime somebody is telling their own story, they are offering a picture of who God is. And, and I mean, like, that right there is, is that, like, we need all of these people at the table, or else we do have that situation where, if you have spent time in the academy, as you have, uh, anything that's coming out of, you know, white Western European men is considered the major curriculum, and then anything that's coming from uh, feminist voices or minority uh, race uh, voices are considered extracurriculars. Yeah, oh, it's an
1: elective. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, a,
0: it's an elective. Yeah, you can take that if you want to. But by the way, you better know these German thinkers, and uh, and and that is that. I mean, that's that's fundamentally like it's a, it's a power structure that's broken, and 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 it and it leaves it leaves many people on the outs and it leaves many people believing that they know more than everybody else.
1: Yeah, well and that's another, getting back to the scripture, like that's another thing we have modeled in the Bible is prophets, these sort yeah. of itinerant wanderers, many of them, uh, saying, like, hey, kings, you're doing it wrong.
0: Wow, yeah, <laughs> right? no, you, know, you don't even think about that, but, like, this is this is the itinerant person who has no status coming to the most powerful person in the land and saying, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. That, like, I mean, where do we, that is not, that is not the way that American Christianity tries to form right. uh, American culture today. It's, it's doing it right from the seat of power. hmm
1: ah. Yeah, oh, and then, again, we have it, we have it modeled in there that we have to be careful about how, when, we, when things when power starts to coalesce, we have to be careful that we get to uh, sort of comfortable with with the system we created.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I know that what uh, what Haley and I have planned for what ne- next week begins the season of Advent in the church, the four weeks that lead up to Christmas, and what we have planned for that is going to pick up on that thread. So that's cool. a that's a good that's a good spot. Um, did you have another thought? No. go ahead. I was going to ask so. Um, if we can if we can, kind of, we're, we're setting down this this uh, month and a half uh, look at the Bible and talking about it and unpacking it, and I, I wonder if I can, like, we, there's a couple of questions that we're left with, and I wonder um, if I can pose these and, and see what you would do with them, and maybe some of the other things that Haley and I have brought in over the last weeks will come in too, but I think the two questions we're left with uh, after discussing the Bible is, one why can't this just be easier? (laughs) Those those of us who have had it ingrained in us that the importance of the Bible, you're probably asking this, but why can't this just be easier? Why don't you have the three-step program for a moral life or for a good life or for a Jesus-following life or whatever it is? I've gone to churches that gave me those, why can't they work, you know? Um, So why can't this just be easier is one question. And then the other question that maybe is coming at it from a different angle but the same thing is, why don't we just throw out the problematic stuff? Why preserve it? Why is it a feature and not a bug, as you're saying? And I think maybe that's the question that those of us who feel less stakes with the Bible, that's the way we grew up, maybe that's the question we're asking, is like, why not just like avoid this stuff and and not bring it up anymore? So I wonder, I wonder how you'd respond to those. They're kind of at the same yeah. thing, but but from opposite angles. Why can't this just be easier, and why not just throw out the problematic stuff?
1: Yeah, I think we and we covered some of the stuff already. I think that is irrelevant to this. In the question of why can't it be easier, that's an essentially think about what do we mean by easier? What would make it easier? Do we want the three steps like that? Yeah, that would be easier. Would that make it good, mm. or is it even like the right way to do it? Mm. Um, because there's, and this is, <clears throat> especially if you, I mean, if you, if you grew up in the West, you've learned a certain kind of way of thinking, which is like you need to find like the thing that's true and right, um, and that you can assent to, and, uh, and and certainty is like a value, like just knowing what is true and what's false, and. If that's what we're looking for, then it, then it's not going to be easy because these texts don't give us that kind of feedback, I think. They don't, they don't do that, because nothing really does. And that's, you know, if you followed it at all, like the sort of culture wars, conversations about postmodernism, that's a lot of what postmodernism is about, is saying some of these attempts at like finding certainty and l- defining truth in certain ways, they don't really hold up when you start to really look at them closely.
0: Mm. So it's not just the Bible. It's just like, period. Yeah. yeah it's just, yeah, it's a yeah.
1: human, it's like a Western we philosophical really really cultural feel, project. Feel yeah feel like
0: there's something I'm, I'm hanging my hat on at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, but if we, if we, so if we say like, no, if you want certainty, I don't, I can't tell you it's going to be easier. But if we say, is, is it, um, can we use these, can we read these texts in community to find wisdom and to, uh, Help draw us closer and point us towards Jesus. Um, that I think is not actually as hard. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's something we can do, and we can actually get excited about when we, if we want to, and you geek out about, it and when you start to study historically what's going on and culturally what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you can you can dig in, uh, starting with you know like J- J- Jesus, the Gospels. To begin with, and just kind of like you can chart your own course to some extent, and you also get to rely more on your own sort of intuitions. To mm-hmm. use another term that was big on our in our conference, uh, rely on your own intuitions more. Uh, whereas some in the in, in conservative congregations, you probably were taught not to trust your instincts right. Right. <laughs> in right. some way or more. Right. Uh, I think that that doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, and it's hard then if you, if if you can't trust your own yourself, then it is hard to know what to do. Yeah. But yeah. if if we say like, well, no, God, like has you've been designed, you're made as somebody who's participating and invited to participate in this. There will be challenges, I think. But it's again, you're not alone, and you do have trustworthy intuitions to work with. Yeah. Some of them might need to be trained one way or another, but sure. you, there, you have somewhere to start.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and that idea. Um uh, that that we that was so uh, well worked on us at this conference of in being invited to participate in, um, in 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 what God is doing in the world. There, one formulation of that idea that that I found really beautiful and had a wonderful conversation about recently with somebody in the church is this question: What if um, what if goodness and truth and beauty are still in the process of development? Like, what if God is still contributing to what goodness is? And so part of the reason that we can't just, like, go back and say, like, well, here's goodness, it's in this book. Or here's goodness, it's in this value that I espouse. Is because, actually, God is still still doing things today. Still contributing to what that is. And we get invited to participate in contribution to goodness and truth mm-hmm. and justice and value and beauty and creativity and all of those things. We get to contribute to that, too. And that's that kind of flips the the, the challenge on its head. Well, yes... That is that is harder. That means that our choices actually matter. It means how we treat our neighbor actually, how we treat our enemy actually matters. Right. How we how we treat ourselves actually matters because we are either contributing to that good that is still in for, and still in process of being developed, or we're not contributing to that mm-hmm. good. That's a really different way of saying like, well, it's already formed, and I just need to figure out what it is.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to decode something yes. to get it right. Yes, we're actually. It's more like looking to see God in more places. So yes, you have. Yeah. That great, you know, night with friends—like yes. God's there in the love and they enjoy your experiencing there—and like, so if you can just go instead of like, did we tick, tick off certain boxes that I was told is like what it means to be like godly during a party or something? Um, if you get, if you throw that away, <laughs>
0: um, does that mean asking your friend about what, what their shirt says? That's part of being godly at a party, right? Yeah,
1: that's just a, <laughs> I, that's a you know, that's in the gospel of Brad. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, uh, but if we if it's not about getting it right, it's but it's about just recognizing where God is yes. and where love is, where beauty is, where, yes. where goodness is. And that becomes easier. It's something it's a muscle we might need to work. Yes, yes. But it is actually easier than trying to decode something, decode something. And that it, isn't and gonna be decoded.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and it also shines light on this idea of the Bible being this human this this collection of human texts. It also allows us to see that, look, they were contributing. See those little uh, glimpses where, yeah. where Jesus, a Jesus-like God breaks through into the world of warlord deities and, and, you know, gods who live on mountains and the people are just their chessboard? Um, when we see God break through that, those are those moments of their world contributing to the goodness and mm-hmm. the justice and, the, and all of the creativity and beauty that is God and the life of following God. And now today, we are still in that same boat. And I'm sure that were we to take and canonize texts that we write today about God, there'd be plenty that people hundreds of years from now would look back and be like, oh my God, Like they were obsessed with money. And everything is about the marketplace. And every, nobody even cares about other human beings unless they're selling them something. And yet, sometimes, Jesus breaks through. I think people would say the same about us, right? Yeah. I, mean, we're doing, we're,
1: I think that's useful to like, see that... Even if we have cooler gadgets than they did. Like st- our
0: Bible is yeah. is just on here. It's just yeah, uh,
1: here. Yeah. They they're we're still doing the same things as yeah. in terms of trying to understand what it means to be a human being, yes. find wisdom, do do good. Yes. We're still making the same moves, we're still work, and trying to answer the same questions. Yeah. So we are gonna commit some of the same errors, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the second question was that yes. the theology, like, why... Why not just cut the problematic stuff? Cut the problematic stuff, or I knew one version of the question was, like, why not just ditch the whole thing? Yeah, why not
0: just throw it all out? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think the best answer to that, and that's this is one that Grace C. Jun Kim um, also gives, mm-hmm. as well as several other people, um, uh, is because if you... We're always already doing theology. Because theology is, bio, is biography, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if theology is, a, is a, just a, a word that means the way we answer those big questions, but with, with a God as part of the story um, or not, even the question of what, who God is, whether God is, uh, that's part of any theology. So everybody has a theology, even mm-hmm. if it's an atheology. Mm-hmm. So then, the question is if you're not doing it intentionally, then, then somebody's gonna, if you don't do it, if you don't choose your theology, somebody wow. will sell you one. Yes. That's why. Yes. Somebody's gonna sell it to you. Somebody's packaged it already. Yes. and They're gonna sell it to you and they're gonna call it Christianity. They're gonna call it capitalism. They're gonna call it socialism. Whatever it is, there's other theologies available if you want them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not intentional about what you are feeding yourself with, yeah, you will eat something else. It'll just be what's laid out in front of you.
1: Yeah, there's something. Mm. There's other things out there ready to take that place mm. if you're not doing it mm. for yourself.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's and and thinking thinking back to this idea that um, if the thing that we're feeding ourselves with um, is just like like if we try if we try to delete all of the parts that make us uncomfortable, so it's the as you said the the Bible we want it yeah. to be, then you know what. If hundreds of years from now, when people are looking back at that text that we try to pass on, we will still have all of these blind spots uh, you know, represented. And so rather than think that we are smart enough to be so arrogant to think that we are smart enough to delete all of the problematic stuff for once and all and just pass on the good, pristine you know, version of the Bible that has all the good stuff, the, the recommendation here is to hang on to the human elements, even that we see, because mm-hmm. we will need to hang on, others will need to hang on to our human elements later on mm-hmm. so that we can see those pictures of the Christ-like God break through.
1: Yeah, like, and just like we hope, want to be treated with grace, yeah, we can, we can treat others with grace. And then, yeah, and then it comes down to Again, if we're if we're all already doing theology, it comes down to like what is it you think is the ultimate mm. reality? Mm. And in Christianity, we're saying there's a relational God who mm-hmm. cares about it and loves us all, and is inviting us all into creating more love, beauty, and truth and goodness in the world. And it's a question of like, is that the story that is going to center be at the center of your life, yes. or is it going to be something else? Yes. Yes. Like, like, we just, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Like, that's yeah. another story that is available.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, or if we engineer society correctly, uh, everything will be peaceful and I won't feel afraid for my life. That's a story that's available.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and so there's other ones. So, but which one is the one that is really worth your time and energy and devotion?
0: I think it, yeah. I think it, I, when you frame it that way, I think it is one that. Human human elements and all wrestles with 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 the, with the with the true realities of what it means to try to be wise and try to be moral and try to uh, love neighbor and love enemy in the midst of all of that stuff um, and yeah I mean that feels like if I can if we can you know bring um, bring at least the, this series' comments on the Bible to a close, that feel like, feels like a, as good a place as any to just say, like, a beautiful application of the Bible would be to use it in that way that you are painting, mm. of what story, what, um, what larger, grander narrative do I want to be forming my attempts to contribute to good? Because if I don't, if I don't intentionally choose something like this, Something else will be handed to me and mm-hmm. and, it, and it may be it, in fact it may use the Bible, but it may Absolutely. use it in terrorizing ways right. and uh, and that that, that, that yeah that's, that's really striking what as we as we close like do you have any do you have any like you know last comments that feel like are, are out there to be grabbed before we um, before we shift our, our attention toward advent as a church
1: I think the well, in the context of that shift, I guess, is the. I think the interesting thing that's happening at Brown Brownline, um, now that you gave me a platform to talk about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's going to get a turn. Guys, tell us yeah. what you like about it and what you don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> is, but it's, it's that there is, again, there's this intentional uh, effort to think through what we're doing as a community. Uh, there's also opportunity to rethink what church is. Mm. And opportunity to rethink like how we participate in that community. So each of us is invited to participate in what God is doing. And then you say like, well, there's an opportunity also then to say like, what is God doing in this church? Mm-hmm. Not only how can I be fed hopefully by this church, but if I if God if the work of moral living and spiritual living happens in community, then like how do I mm-hmm. sort of step into and start mm-hmm. to participate in that work? Mm-hmm. Um, and we can all shape it together. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually, I, my guess is Vince is open to that because he's doing a lot on his own right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And ad, but so Advent's an interesting one where yeah. we can think about like what are the traditions and the patterns, the rituals that we do that are what we choose to do as a community because they help remind us or draw us, you know, point us towards Jesus, or they remind us about spiritual things or help us take space, you know, become more present. You know, those, all those things are, yeah. you know, and Advent's a good time to, it's already built into the Christian calendar yes. um, yeah. to, to do some of those things. And that can be an interesting community building too.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate your comments. Let, everybody, can we give Brad a hand here? Thank you for being a part of... Ending this series, um, and and as we as we close the book on this series, uh, we we will we will we will probably return. There was a a lot of generative discussion because people have such diverse experiences of the Bible in their childhood, and are like, so like you're talking about this in a way that I've never heard before, or other people are like, I've been longing for you to talk about this kind of thing. Um, I mean, we will do this again. So continue to let us know uh, in Discord or in emails to Haley or to me. Um, what, you know, what, what was useful uh, in this for you? And, and what would you like to talk about next? Because uh, we will be um, going there in the future. Um, Brad, I'd love, for us, I'd love for us to pray. Uh, would you like to pray or should I pray? Go for it. I'm gonna pray for yeah. us, all right. Everybody, let's take a deep breath together one more time as we did before. God, we thank you for this collective time for our community. And we thank you for the diverse biographies that all carry different theologies, as we've talked about, uh, in this room and represented in our community that's watching online or watching from afar or here in, the, in, in Chicago or somewhere else in the world. We, 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 we hold all of those biographies together now. And we ask that you would help us be driven toward a community that talks about these things, that wrestles with what it means to be wise, and to be moral, and to follow Jesus in our age, that sees the Bible as a beautiful tool for help, and is watchful for the ways in which the Bible can be used to terrorize others. Continue to guide us, our community, in that challenge, but in also the joy of getting to contribute to the ever-unfolding picture of goodness and joy and creativity and justice and all of those things that you are still forming right now, that you are still in the process of forming right now, God. We also choose to participate in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you again, Brad. One more round of applause for Brad. We appreciate it.